Hey guys, welcome to the first official episode of As Raw As It Gets. I'm your host, Daniel Kyoto, and joined as always by my co-host and good friend, Adrian Parisi. Today, I'm super excited to bring you our COVID episode, and we're going to be discussing if or how this could be taking a, a toll on your mental state. Adrian, how you doing, mate? Yeah, really good. Thanks, mate. What about yourself? Yeah, good. Thanks. I'm actually really excited to discuss this with you. Being a, um, a mental health coach and, and also a teacher, I think you'd have some really good insights for everyone listening. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, I'm really excited because I think after last week, you know, we had a really good discussion around, you know, where we're at in our own journey. And, um, you know, and obviously we touched on the fact that we wanted our listeners to have a bit of think about where they're at and what they're thinking about and um, some areas of their life that they may want to improve on. And, you know, hopefully in today's session, we're going to be able to cover a few things that, you know, we'll just give some people some really good positive tips to start including in their day. Fantastic. Like, I mean, as we know, the world's been flipped on its head. And even, well, here in Australia, at least, we're slowly coming out of, of isolation to some capacity, but a lot of us are still stuck at home. We're working from home. We're schooling from home. And I mean, it's easy to fall down a, a rabbit hole and spend way too much time on the couch or, or scrolling Instagram and TikTok. You know, what are some tips or what are some tools you think people can use to stay focused in this time? Yeah, um, great question, Daniel. I mean, I think that one thing I, that I find and I see quite a lot of is as you said, people are very much stuck in it. It's very much like stagnant water. Um, you know, there's no flow about their day and it's because it's kind of was ripped out, you know, um, of our hands very quickly. I mean, for some people who, you know, may have lost their jobs, it's obviously very tough. And, you know, you've kind of gone, if you're a parent, you've gone from dropping your child off at school to having to homeschool them and, you know, become a teacher and understand this whole new world, whether it's using a WebEx program or whether it's using Zoom or whatever it might be. And so, essentially it's very easy to get caught up in the stress of your life you know and even if for people who aren't parents even if you're just you know a young adult or a teenager it's the whole thing your daily norms gone and you know i've kind of likened it to being grounded but still being able to do quite a bit of stuff you know at home like you play your playstation or you talk to your mates and stuff like that but you just can't get out and i think essentially that is what is affecting so many people is it's the thing of i can't go for a walk uh, you know, down to the shops or I can't hang around with a friend of the shops or can't go and see this person or that person. So the one thing I try to say to people is and ask is how are you setting your day up from the very start? From the very moment you wake in, how are you setting up your day? Because that from, you know, that perspective of your whole day is what sets the tone. Yeah. And so I think what we're finding is a lot of people tend to, there's either the sleeping happening, there's a thing of staying in pajamas because we can you know, um, you know, being able to just take their time in the morning, stuff like that. It almost sets that tone for the day where you're just not, I don't want to use lazy. I don't think that's the right word, but you're just in this, as I said, this no flow zone, you know, where nothing's really coming to you and you're preventing yourself from being the best you can be that day. So the one thing I try to tell people is, is get up and do something, do something that you can achieve. Now that might be something as simple as just the fact that the first thing you do is get up and read a book and have a coffee. Fantastic, awesome start to your day. Um, you know, getting up and the first thing you do is make make your bed. You know, before you've done anything else, get up, get dressed, make your bed. But what you're actually doing is you're setting that tone that I'm going to get up and do things today, as opposed to I'm just going to take my time. And you know, and we have those moments, and sometimes those days are great where you know you wake up at seven o'clock and before you know it, it's ten o'clock and you're still in your pajamas and there's dishes in the sink and you don't know what's going on. The kids are running around and going crazy. Or if you're you know someone that's by yourself, it's that whole thing of going. Jesus, you know, I'm sitting here at 10 o'clock in the morning and I still haven't done one simple thing and I want to do X, Y, and Z. So being able to just set that tone very early is really, really important. I'm a big believer of and what I try to help a lot of people with and whether it's kids or adults, but being able to get up, not snooze, literally get up when your you know, alarm get, get, goes off and do something that's constructive is going to help in a, in a very, very big way. I, I agree a hundred percent. I actually, in the last couple of days started snoozing my alarm and automatically felt the day was completely off. Uh, last week I was getting up, I was going for a walk, I was going for a bike ride and you're right. That sets the tone for the day and I'll come back home and then I'll might do my training or I'll jump straight into some work or whatever it be. But yeah, as soon as I hit that snooze button, it completely changes the dynamic. Oh, <laughs> it does. Yeah. And uh, the thing is you're, you're essentially like what you're doing is it's that whole thing of going, I don't need to do it yet. I'll get up when I'm ready. I'll do it when I'm ready. It's okay. I'll take my time. I'll do this. And, and when you're doing that, you're, you're essentially just setting that 
underlying tone that I'll just do things whenever kind of thing. So being able to, the hardest thing is just doing it. That's what I always say to a lot of people is it's just doing it. And so, especially now we're getting the dark, it's very dark in the morning, it's very cold in the morning, but pressing the snooze, it's that whole thing of, oh, I feel really warm, but you got to get up at some point. So you might as well jump up and whether it means set your heater so it's nice and warm when you get up or whatever it might be, but doing that and not seeing, setting that snooze off again, you actually start to feel really good because you're up. Yeah, it's really interesting because you're in a I'm good time. Mindset at all. I'm very much the person, and I mean, you know as well, we're the same up at 4 30, hit the gym, hit the training, whatever it is. And it's just completely flipped for me. And I, I can't stand it. And I hate being, you know, sleeping until seven. And even though to some people that's still probably a, a bit of an early morning, but I just I feel like I've lost so much out of my day. Well, essentially, what we're all losing is we're losing urgency. And that's the thing. And so if you think about it's almost Sunday, the Sunday morning syndrome where you, there's no urgency on a Sunday morning. It's finally the day to relax and not think about anything. And unfortunately, we're in this environment where we don't have urgency at the moment. You know, people are, like I said, you may have lost your job or you may have done whatever. You know, you're, you're kind of struggling in this thing of, well, I don't really have to be anywhere. And so with that, there's, the accountability starts to drop off. Like, I don't need to be up because I don't have a time frame to do things. It's I've got all day to do something. But like I always try to say is that when you can create your own urgency and when you can create your own accountability, you actually are a lot more productive and you perform a lot better anyway because you are actually controlling it. And something as simple like, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously you're up extremely early in that, but we don't all need to be doing that. And so I always try to tell people is even just setting your alarm 10 minutes earlier than what you normally would will actually give you 10 minutes more in the day to be prepared. And that may be something like, well, you've just had your coffee when you normally wouldn't and you're actually ahead of the game. So I think that's one thing is that what people have to look at is being able to actually start their day off with a sense of urgency and accountability is really, really important. That's a great tip. I think, yeah, you're right. Even that 10 minutes is the time in that 10 minutes, you'll brush your teeth, you'll get dressed and then you're making a coffee. Like you're right. You're already ahead. Yeah, definitely. And, and, it, and it's huge. Like, you know, and we've all had those moments where we go, man, I got up at 6.30 and I did this and I did that. And, you know, I felt amazing. Like I, by seven o'clock, I had everything done and we've had those moments and you feel like you're ready to take on the world. The problem is that we're very much as a, as a race, as a people, whatever you want to say, human race, we <laughs> like it, especially in today's day and age, we want things now. Yeah. It's very much, you know, I want to be fit now. I want to be fit by tomorrow. You know, I want that body by next week. I want the best job by tomorrow. I want the best car by next week. I don't want to save money. So with that comes the thing of, I will do what is best for me now. And that's where, you know, even if you go down the fitness side of things, where people, you know, um, you can't see me doing the old bunny on the field podcast, but, um, you know, it's that whole thing of people going, I'll just have the chocolate now because that's what's going to make me feel good now. As opposed to going, well, hold on, if I have the chocolate now and I do X, Y, and Z, am I going to then feel more pissed off later on and therefore stuff up my diet? Da, 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 da. So what you've got to look at is when we wake up, when we press snooze, that's that whole thing of I'm doing what's best for me now, not what's best for me at the end of the day. Because let's be honest, alarm goes up at 6.30. You're not thinking about five o'clock in the afternoon when you don't have to go to work. Rather, you're just sitting there going, I'll just take my time because this feels nice and warm and it makes me feel warm and fuzzy. So I'll do this because I feel good about it now. But then later on is when you kick yourself. So the reason why a lot of, you know, while we're doing that, and, you know, as you just said, you don't normally do it, but now you're finding that you are doing it, is because that whole thing of going, it kind of feels good now. Like, so I'll just do this. And then later on, when you're a lot more conscious, not acting on the subconscious level, you start sitting there going, Jesus, like, what did I just do all that for? Like, oh, I wish I got up 6.30. Oh, I wish I did this. Oh, I should have done it then. And that's when we start to, you know, kick ourselves. So that's why I always say to people, you're better off to be up and up early and just doing something because you're going to feel good no matter what later on in the day. And that I put money on because generally that's the way it works. And whether that's something as simple as going, I actually didn't do much, but I kind of feel like I've had a huge day. Like I feel like my whole, you know, like oh, my day has been going on for hours rather than minutes. And I yeah. think that's something very valuable because, you know, time is the one commodity we can't deal in. You know what I mean? So we don't get it back. So I think to be able to gain more time is a benefit in any way, shape or, you know, or form. So you really think basing it all on, on how you get up sets the entire tone for the day? I think it does, yeah, because I think what happens is you allow yourself to be mindful of where you're at emotionally. You allow yourself to be mindful of where you're at physically and you can start to implement change based on that rather than get up in a fluster, feel bad about yourself, 
kick yourself for sleeping in, say things like, I wish I didn't snooze, I should have done this, now I don't have time for a workout, da, 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 da. you're already in a very negative headspace, negative territory. Therefore, you're creating that negative pattern for the day as opposed to getting up. And, and like I said, I mean, you might get up at six o'clock in the morning and literally just sit down and watch TV. But the good thing is you have then spent 30 minutes watching TV when normally you'd be 30 minutes in bed, get up, take your time, then watch 30 minutes, which then takes you to nearly, you know, like seven o'clock, it becomes eight o'clock, becomes nine o'clock. So being able to get up, and simply, you know, like one thing I love to do is for me, I'll get up and the first thing I do is I have my coffee, you know, just enjoy that. But I'll actually just sit down with nothing. There'll be no, you know, no noise, no TV, no, no, no background noise, so to speak. And it's just me sitting and just thinking about where I'm at, things I want to achieve. And being able to do that allows me to then progress through the day in almost a tick box type fashion of going, great, like I did that. That was really, really good. But also to kind of go, can I do what I wanted to do based on where I'm at, what I want to achieve today? So you start to be a lot more mindful of your own practice. And one good thing is, you know, obviously having a son is it also allows me to go, what kind of father do I want to be? Where am I at emotionally? Where am I at like this? You know, um, was I, you know, when he gets up, he's going to want to play with me. Do I have time to play with him? Do I need to do something I want to do first? And it allows me to prioritize in a way that's going to benefit me and my energy for the day. So, yeah, I do believe, I think the way you get up in the morning sets a massive tone for your day. So what about, I mean, bringing it back to the COVID virus, what about those that are waking up and unlike yourself, unlike me, that we chase things to do, they're content just not having anything on, not having anything to do. Cause I'm sure there's people that wake up and are quite happy to watch TV, potentially not for those people. Like what can we do to, or what can you suggest to help them get motivated to do a little bit more if they wish? Yeah. So I think it just comes down to, it's the biggest thing I was trying to tell them is never try to do big things at once. It actually doesn't work for you. So, and that's for all of us, you know, everything takes time. So the only thing I always try to tell people is just implement something very little each day. And those little things end up becoming, you know, big things over time. And that's, I think, what everyone and a lot, you know, like obviously the, you know, your elite athletes and all that kind of stuff, they understand it. And, you know, big business moguls and stuff like that will understand it. But for the everyday people like us, one thing that I try to tell a lot of people is just do something small every day. And if your whole thing is, I want to be able to go for a walk every day to increase exercise, because, yeah, like you said, they might be very content in your life, but you just want to be able to add a little bit of exercise. Don't start off with an hour. It doesn't need to be an hour. Start off with 10 minutes. Just walk to the park, sit down and walk back. Something as simple as that. You want to decide you want to try to run, you know, two and a half Ks? Great. Walk one and a half kilometers and run the next one and a half kilometer back. Because one thing I always say is the first half of the journey is the hardest part. But when you know <laughs> you're getting home, all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier. But I think one thing is just little things, you know, and that might simply be if you're someone who loves to be up, you know, like and just chill out and watch TV because, yeah, you kind of like, you know what, this COVID thing, like I actually don't mind the fact that it's giving me time for myself because I lead a crazy life and yes, I've lost my job, but I'll get a job. And if you're in that really good headspace, excellent. All the power to you. That's fantastic. But maybe just being able to go, you know what I wouldn't mind doing is being prepared for when work does go back and I do get that job. So, you know, instead of sleeping until eight o'clock, I'm actually going to wake up at 6.30 like I normally would if I was working. And I'm actually going to spend an hour and a half just doing something else. So you're already ahead of the game in that way, you know, but doing little things each day are going to eventually amount to massive, massive uh, habitual changes that you'll find like in a week or two weeks or three weeks, you're going to turn around and go, oh my God, I can't believe I was there. Like, look where I am now. And to give the example of that for me is I've started doing yoga every day and, and I know I, I'm not going to be able to commit to a 45 minute session for two reasons. One, mentally, I just don't think I'm ready to really sit down and do 45 minutes. The second one is that's a lot of time on top of, obviously, I want to work out, I want to do coaching, I want to do my work and all that kind of stuff. And I want to play with my son and talk to my wife. So for me, I've committed to 10 minutes to 15 minutes of yoga a day. And where do I put that? I'm up 10 to 15 minutes earlier and that's when I do it. And it just, that's those little things because I know that in another couple of weeks, I'm up to 20 minutes and up to 30 and things like that. And, and it's about changing your mindset in small ways, you know, so that way you don't have to fail. You rather, you feel good about the little things you're doing and you feel better about that as well. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. I mean, I've taken that on board and trying to stay getting up not as early as I was because that was a bit ridiculous. Yep. But yeah, I'm yep. trying to get up at the, the 6, the 6.30 and either go for a walk or go for a bike ride or, you know, just to get out and just move. And even though if I'm walking, I'm still working, I'm on my phone. So I don't actually get out of my own headspace until probably about halfway through my walk. And then I, I turn the phone off and maybe I'll put a podcast on and I'll listen to that and I'll just zone out for the last half an hour or last hour. 
And it's just, and really I'm sure nice. that podcast is as raw as it gets as well, isn't it? It will be, yeah. <laughs> I'll listen back to all the mistakes I've made. <laughs> yeah, we've made, yeah, it's right. But no, and that's the thing. And so, you th- what you're actually doing is you're doing something that works for you. Like, you know, I obviously encourage a lot of people if you're out and you're excited or whatever, don't think about your work and stuff like that. But the thing is, you're actually doing something that works for you. And I think that's the biggest thing that I try and say to people is you need to also do, you know, any tool I try to teach people is it's about making it fit to your life because the way I do it is very different to the way you do it and things like that. It's the exact same as, you know, when I was a, first became a parent, everybody wanted to tell me how to put my son to sleep. But at the end of the day, I have my own vibrations. I have my own tone. So the way I do it suits me. I can give you some advice and I can tell you, Hey, this kind of worked for me. But I try to say to people, there's no people, especially as a coach, there is no point in me saying the best way to, you know, baby your child is like this, this and that, because that works for me. The exact same as, you know, there are tools that we use, but how you implement that in your life is what it's all about. So if you think about it for you, you're up early, which is a great tool. You're, you know, you're achieving some little things, which is I'm going to start the first part of my journey on a walk by doing like this, you know, and doing some work stuff, but I'm turning that off and I'm going to be mindful of my situation. So you're actually, you've managed that to a way that suits you, you know, which is fantastic. Other people it may not work for, but what you're saying essentially in what you're doing is achieving something. And that's what you're doing. And that is the emphasis of what I'm saying is being able to achieve something in the first part of your morning is what is going to set the tone for your day. It's actually become an enjoyment. And I, I, apart from the last couple of days, which I don't know why I'm not getting up, but the getting up and going for a walk is actually, I, I really enjoy it. And it's almost like a little reward. I go for a walk, I get a coffee and then I just walk right around and I enjoy my coffee while I listen to a cast and I just, yeah, it really does replace getting up and hitting the gym early with, a walk so i've tried to keep that some, well, some sort of normality and just swapped one for another so maybe it's something like people need that little reward you know to get up and go for a walk for a coffee or get up and go for a walk for something else whatever it would be but yeah i think having a goal if, if you're struggling would be a great idea yeah definitely and it does it's you in in any situation you need to be able to have a tool and then you need to have a goal you know what i mean it's essentially it's like you're sitting there and if you, you know, you're in a bit of a, you know, dug a bit of a hole in life. So if you think about COVID is this hole that we're all stuck in, the tool is your ladder. The goal is to get out. You can't have one without the other, you know? And so what we're looking at is being able to say, right, my tool is, as you said, it's going to go for a walk. And, and my little reward is that I'm going to go and get, you know, a, um, a coffee. Another reward might be, I'm actually going to walk, you know, three and a half kilometers to where I'll have a breakfast today. And I'm going to walk my three and a half kilometers back. You know what I mean? So, essentially that reward is being able to make you, you know, it gets you up. And as you said, it makes you feel really good about yourself. So, and there are people that need the reward. And there are people that just go, my reward is just at the end, I'm going to feel really good about myself. I'm going to journal where I'm actually at. So whatever your reward is and whatever your tool that you're using to reward yourself, as long as you have that in place, that's the most important thing. And, and as you said, it gets you up, it gets you moving. And it's, it's really beneficial because from that moment, when you get back at 7.30 or 8 o'clock, it's done for the day. And you can now go on by, and you, you've released, and the best part is you've released all these endorphins within yourself. You know, you're feeling really good about yourself. You're feeling like you're on top of the world. And when you're doing that, you're in a more clear headspace. So you problem solve better. You know, you talk to people better, you know, in a way that is less emotional. Rather, you're talking to people from a really good place. So you empathize in a way that is a lot better. Your empathy, sorry, is a lot better. And I think that's the, you know, the best part, going back to the original point of getting up early and doing something is that you actually feel like you've achieved from the very moment. And one thing I love is that when you kind of get up really early, it's that thing of like, I actually have achieved so much while other people kind of maybe in bed or maybe doing this, and yet I'm ahead of the game. And it's that type of feeling of going, wow, like I feel really proud of myself. And that's what I always try to tell the result is, make sure it's about you though. You know, you're doing this goal for you, not because of other things or society. Do it for you because eventually when you do it for you, everything else becomes better as a byproduct you know, because you're feeling better about who you are as a person. And I, I think it's it's really, a, I don't really want to say it this way, but it's such a winner's mentality to get up, get it done, stay ahead of the curve, stay ahead of the game and yeah, do it for you. Yeah, it's an accountability mentality. And I think that's what, if you look at most areas of life, accountability is probably the one area where we all struggle. And, and, I, and I, I don't, you know, like um, there are different forms of it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, because, you know, you, some people might go, oh, yeah, but look at, you know, an elite AFL player. They're accountable. They may be accountable in some aspects of their life, yes, but to be 100% accountable, 
I would I would dare say is impossible because we have areas where we we struggle to be accountable. And whether that is, you know, if you take a bodybuilder for argument's sake who may struggle with relationships, well, there's the accountability of that. So it requires certain levels of selfishness. But I try to tell people, be accountable in a holistic manner, which is if you've done the wrong thing, then be accountable for it and talk to that person, you know. Um, but one thing, like you said, the winner's mentality, it's, it's an accountability mentality of going, I'm going to do something and I'm going to be accountable for it. And it's in the problem is that as a society, I think we tend to use accountability in a very negative way. You're not accountable for your actions, yeah. you know, that type of thing. Yeah. But when you do it in, a, in an accountability way of being really powerful and really positive, and not to go all Oprah here kind of thing, but <laughs> when you do it in that, <laughs> when you do it in a matter of saying, I'm actually going to be accountable for this and I'm going to forgive myself through that accountability is where you actually find a lot of strength. And that's what I like to tell people is, you know, we don't need to be this, this selfish. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this and I do that. And I don't, I, you know, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm not going to talk to my friends. I'm not going to go out for dinner. No, no, just be accountable. Like be accountable through the rest of the day. Do an extra walk. Don't, you know, maybe cut out certain things throughout your day in order to eat the, you know, the Big Mac at night with your mates or whatever it might be. But being able to be accountable is a very strong um, tool that we can actually take on. So yes, it is definitely that winner's mentality. But I kind of, yeah, like I said, I tend to tell people it's being accountable. It's that whole thing of going, I'm going to be accountable so that I can kick ass for the day. Simple as that. You know? yeah. And when you do that, you do get that really good intrinsic value where you're doing it and you feel good about who you are. You know what I mean? And you know what? It's not too late, guys. If you slept in today, just get up and go for a walk. Just start it now. Don't, don't ruin the rest of it. Don't ruin probably the wrong word, but just get up and go. Just start moving. Yeah, definitely. Maybe it's not going for a walk. Maybe it's, you know, you had to go do the grocery shopping and you just couldn't be bothered because you had to put a mask yeah. on and gloves and all the rest of it. Yeah, so yeah, just go right. get it done. Yeah, oh, that's hang awesome. out the washing, even though you didn't want to hang the washing out. You know, it's, it's those types of things. That, and, and that's one thing I, oh, I love saying is to people as well is the mundane, yeah, when you conquer the mundane, everything else becomes easier as well. And, you know, doing the washing when you don't want to do the washing, folding your T-shirt when you don't want to fold your T-shirt, um, whatever it might be, when you conquer that, and you knock those things off because you do it just right away, all of a sudden that's where you get that, as you said, that winner's mentality or the accountability mentality type thing. And, and then the rest, and as you said, like, yeah, hey, good on you. You slept in, all good. Forgive yourself for it. That's okay. Maybe your body needed it. I don't know. Maybe emotionally that's what you needed for the day. But you know what? There's still another, you know, eight hours left, whatever you want to say in your day, 10 hours, whatever it might be, you know, where you actually have time to go and kick ass. That's the beauty about time is that at any point you can stop and redirect your energy. That is our mindfulness practice. And I think that's really, really valuable in a situation like this COVID thing is no day is wasted unless you've gone to bed. And in which case, fine, because you just restart the next day. All good. But at any moment, at any moment, you can actually stop and redirect your energy to do something to kick goals. Simple as that. And whether that means you're just going to sit down and write it and achieve one little thing then you know what? That was better than what you were going to do 10 minutes ago. As a perfect example, I woke up this morning later than what I would have liked. I wanted to wake up. I wanted to go for my walk. I wanted to get my coffee. And I just, I didn't, I didn't do it. And I woke up feeling pretty shit to myself. I was like, far out. I, why didn't I get up? This is bullshit. And then as I was walking around the house, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm going to vacuum the floor. Not only for brownie points with the lease, but <laughs> I just it had to get done. I did that. Then I fulfilled some orders I had to do. Then I went and got my coffee. And then we're sitting down doing the cast. And I feel great. The day is not ruined. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go do a workout later. I've got more work to do. It's yeah. Like you said, you can always yeah. restart. And shifting those values as well, you know, because I think that's one good thing is that for, you know, and I was the same. So I actually haven't done my workout, haven't done a run, um, had two coaching clients this morning. And when I got up, did the same thing. I slept through my alarm. Um, but you know what? I had to forgive myself for that and say, instead of kicking myself, because I went, you know what? I actually think I probably needed that because I've been under the pump lately. Work's been full on, um, trying to do a lot of stuff and I'm trying to fit a lot into different time. And so I felt, well, you know what? I probably needed that. So my day, then I went, well, instead, I'm not going to have time. I'm not going to try and rush my workout just to say I did a workout and then not enjoy it and be like, well, that was crap. So rather I got up, I did more studying than I need to do. I have an, assess an assessment coming up. So I thought I'm going to knock off some of that studying and to get myself in a really good headspace. I've got some coaching clients, you know, before we do the podcast and I want to make sure I'm in a really good headspace of that. And then I feel so much better because I'm like, once I'm finished, I've got a couple more coaching clients. Then I've got to sit there and go, I've got the rest of the day. And that's where I'm going to take my son for my run. 
You know, he's going to sit in the stroller and he can come for the run with me. I'll do my workout later on when probably he goes to bed or something like that. It's all good. It's easy. And that's that. when you shift that energy and you forgive yourself, that's where a lot of the power comes in. I think a lot of people, especially in this COVID type thing, we're spending a lot of time kicking themselves rather than forgiving themselves because there's a lot we can't control, but there's also a lot we can control. And that's that whole ability of going, I'll forgive myself for the things that I can't control anymore but I'll give myself power to do the things I want to do now, which is really important. And we touched on it last week, actually. It's just prioritizing what is important and what you really do need to achieve as opposed to the things that you just like to achieve. Like today, you've yep. turned not going for your run into something even better. You're going for a run with your son. So you've got that 100%. bonding time. You've got, you know, you're still getting your exercise in. He's going to absolutely love it. And I know your son is a little legend. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> just turns it into, you know, a great experience as opposed to something negative. So I'm going to move on. Given the, the climate at the moment and job uncertainty, homeschooling uh, potentially is going on for a few more weeks, at least here in Victoria, stress is becoming a part of day-to-day -day life and people may be struggling mentally. Well, what advice do you think that you can sort of lend to help people with the mental state? Because I know that you're very big on this and you just mentioned before that you're waking up and doing yoga or even before that you'd wake up and just sit down in silence with your coffee, which is almost kind of like a bit of meditation to help you sort out your day. What do you think that the average person that's not, I suppose, in tune with their mental state can, can do? Yeah. And I think, so let's go back to even just kind of what you were saying before. Let's prioritize. It's simple as that. I mean, stress is kind of like a, it's like a fire. And so the more we add to it, the bigger the fire gets. And everyone's and that's kind of how, different, right? Like, I mean, the way I yeah, handle right. stress or how much stress I can handle would be different to you. And I know, that's you right. know, you, you have a lot in your day. Like just trying to get a message back <laughs> is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, a bit bad at times. I, I mean, the way you handle it would be amazing. So yeah, it'd be great to hear from it. And I think the thing is like, you know, what we've got to look at number one is everybody's stress is different. You just touched on that. The way we perceive stress is different. So therefore there is no, I kind of tell people, you know, you, you can't feel bad for feeling stress because what it is, is it's your body's natural reaction to try to protect yourself. Okay. So one thing, you know, is what is your stress? Break it down. What are the things you actually stressed about? Then work through that. Because the problem is that when you tell yourself a story, right, about your stress without acknowledging and looking at and working through it, you tend to tell yourself this emotional story. And when we do that, our brain reacts and our brain goes, shit, something's not good here. We need to do something that is going to help us through that. So that's where your fight, flight and freeze type thing comes in. But most importantly, what tends to happen as well is that we get to that point of going, there's a physiological response. So our bodies respond to that. Now that's whether it's we get sick, that's whether we just you know break down and cry or we don't want to do anything, we don't move, whatever it might be. But the biggest thing is actually acknowledging what that stress is. And once you've done that, once you look at that stress, that's where you can then start to work through that. So one thing I always just say is, what's stressing you out? Let's just, let's just, let's get to that first. What is stressing you out? And if it is the fact that you can't get a job and, you know, there's uncertainty, acknowledge that, accept it and feel it. It sucks. It's terrible. Find who you can speak to about that. I was going to say, do most of your clients, when you say, what's stressing you out, do they often have an answer or do some of them actually go, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it is. I can't pinpoint it but I'm just stressed. Everything's frustrating me. I'm angry and I don't know what it is. Yeah. And so then, yeah, it's, it's kind of a mix to be honest with you. I mean, there's some people that can tell you straight away. It's, you know, they'll sit there and say, oh, it's my work. It's, it's not my, it's my lack of work. It's the kids. It's not the kids. It's, I can't keep up with this or, you know, it's financial, whatever it might be. So there's always different stresses, but what you've got to be able to do is, is you know, and obviously in a coaching session, it's quite different because you break it all down, you work through it. Eventually you get to, there is some type of underlying stress that, you know, triggers everything else. Um, but what you've got to do is on your own is just simply kind of stop and actually think about what you're going through your day. And, and sometimes it's about, you know, really focusing on the little wins in the day, because in, in an environment like this, there's so much stress and so much stress we're not used to as well, uh, because of the uncertainty, which uncertainty obviously create, you know, creates fear, which creates stress. So when you use, you know, you, you couple all those things together, it becomes very, very scary. So one thing I try to, you know, kind of push through is look at what you're actually achieving in your day once you've done that you'll find that the stress starts to actually drop down a bit more because you're releasing better endorphins in your body and better chemicals within your brain that allow you to feel really good so one thing is like you know if you are one of those parents and you're trying to homeschool the first thing is you're not a teacher 
Don't put that stress on yourself, yeah? Don't worry about having to accomplish every little thing. Just work through things. Reach out and, you know, do what you can to the best of your abilities. And how about pat yourself on the back? And that's one thing is I try to tell a lot of people is stop. Stop midday, stop mid-sentence, stop mid-whatever it might be that you're doing and forgive yourself and show yourself a bit of love, you know, because we take it for granted and we don't do it because we kind of feel like it's like we spoke about, you know, a couple of times, me and you, where it's that whole thing of you got to grind, you got to grind, you've got to keep going because if you don't keep going, and it's like, yeah, but that's not great. Grinding isn't, a, isn't by definition a good thing. So, <laughs> you know, it's, as I always say, like, you know, if you had a $300,000 Ferrari and you're grinding your gears, well, something's not right. You know what I mean? So we have to look at the exact same thing in life is just stop and look at what's going on, acknowledge those things, and then forgive yourself for where you're actually at. Because when you do that, you actually start to feel really good about yourself anyway. And, and I think one thing is, like I said, to go back to the example of a parent is just give yourself a pat on the back and say, you know what, I'm doing a, I'm doing a bloody good job. I've got three kids here, you know, and I'm, I'm doing everything I can to be a teacher. Plus I'm dealing with my own emotions. And, and forgive yourself, you know, and give yourself that pat on the back and say, I'm doing, I'm doing a bloody good job given the climate. And once you start doing that, that's one way I try to say to people is it's a really good way to go about alleviating some stress, you know, and because we don't pat ourselves on the back enough sometimes. Oh, I agree with that 100%. And, excuse me. And to your point of, you know, congratulate yourself and, and pat yourself on the back. We really don't do that. I know myself, at least or my wife often says to me, you know, you're stressed out. You need to stop. And I don't see it. I don't feel the stress, but apparently, apparently I'm very stressed. Is it possible? Like, can people be stressed out and not even know it? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and, and what happens is we tend to get caught up again in life and that's where we become very unmindful. Um, and one thing I always try to tell people is, you know, there's so many different forms of being mindful. We have our, you know, in terms of mindfulness practice, you know, you have things like a mindfulness body scan, which is one thing and you can sit there and practice mindfulness through that which is fantastic and an excellent mindfulness tool. Sorry, can you but another thing those that, that missed it? Well, what is that? A mind-body scan? So, yeah, you have what's called a mindfulness body scan. So, you know, they're easy enough. You can just jump on YouTube and you can find one of them. But essentially, it just takes you through a bit of a, a scan about your body um, and kind of picking on the little areas that you might find a bit tense and how to work through them and stuff like that. And it's, it's, a, it's basically a form of meditation. They're great, help you relax. Um, I know sometimes when mentally I can't switch off before night time, you know, like when I'm going to bed, I'm thinking about work and thinking about, oh, I've got an idea for this. And, and it doesn't even have to be a bad thing. Uh, it's just the fact that I'm, I'm going, you know, my yeah. brain's going, going, going. What I tend to do is um, I'll just chuck one of those on, headphones go in or whatever it might be. And, and I'll just allow myself to kind of drift off into recognizing where my body's at and what I'm doing. And, and that's, that is that form of mindfulness, you know, practice. Um, another thing of mindfulness is actually even just kind of stopping and looking at where you're at. Um, in your day. And I, I tend to say to people, mindfulness for me is that cheat sheet in life. It's almost like a pause button. It's being able to pause any moment in life and just look at where you're at emotionally, mentally, physically, and decide, is this the journey I want to keep going on for the day? Or is this, is there something I can do to change this? So in the example you just gave, you know, being out, being mindful in a situation where, how you said before with Lisa and saying, you know, you're stressed out, you need to stop, but being mindful is instead of some people like snapping back and going, I'm not stressed out. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's me. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you see it all the time. I laugh. People are like, I'm not stressed out. What are you talking about? I'm like, oh, I definitely know, but I'm like that. I'm yeah. not stressed. What are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah. And so what it is, is it's that mindfulness is that ability to stop and say, shit, you know what? Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm stressed out because the way I just acted then isn't really in tune with the way I want to be acting at this present moment. So but you know what? I, sorry, can I just jump in? The other thing that people may not notice is, and I do this myself, um, when they say, you know, you're stressed out, instead of snapping, I've tried to actually go, well, I, I don't feel stressed out. But maybe what she means is stop working for 20 minutes and just come and sit on the couch and be with me. And I mean, I'm an amazing guy, so that's what she would want. <laughs> you know, she's but, like, please, Daniel, sit with me. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, it may not be that, like, they may refer to it as stress, and I don't feel stress, or you may not feel stressed, but maybe it's just a matter of spend time with your loved ones, like, because they're not seeing you as much as they'd like to. Yeah, 100%. And that comes down to, you know, that's obviously your communication skills, and that's being able to, you know, if you genuinely go, I'm actually, I'm feeling like I'm in a really good mental and physical headspace. But again, that's that mindfulness thing. It's what I try to say to people is what you're, um, 
you know, what's going on in you may not be necessarily, so what your intentions are may not necessarily be what somebody else's experience is. So when you actually think about that, then that's where that mindfulness practice. So if someone's turning around saying that, that could be that thing of saying, I'm actually, I'm not feeling stressed out. Like I'm actually in a great headspace, but you know, like, is it, do you feel like I'm working too much? So that's where you're opening up that dialogue with say, you know, Annalise in that situation and say, and she might be turning around at that point saying, yeah, well, you know, you're working flat out. You just, you feel, I feel like you're running around, you know, like a headless took here. You know, I just want to kind of come and sit down with me for a bit. And that's the thing of going, hey, you know, sorry, babe. Like, yeah, I guess I have been really caught up. I'm, look, I'm really sorry. I was really excited about things, you know. And so what you're actually doing is you're articulating to that person that I understand where you're coming from. I'm empathizing with you. And then, yeah, you know what? Maybe I have been caught up in my own world. I'm going to come and sit down with you for a bit. And that's the difference. But again, that comes to mindfulness practice. And that's just that ability of being able to explain where you're at in, a, in a, a way that's not emotional because what we tend to do is we snap because we go what are you talking about i'm in a great space like what are you having a go at me for and the person's like oh shit and you reckon you're not stressed it's like <laughs> and that's exactly stressed. what she says to me <laughs> yeah exactly but it's the exact same as when people go oh, what's wrong with you and you're like oh no nothing and they're like oh really nothing and you're like yeah nothing and you're like okay and you're like well what do you mean and you're like well you seem really pissed off and you're like but i'm not pissed off Oh, okay, you're not pissed off. No, I'm not pissed off. Like, what's your problem? You're like, really? And you're like, well, now I'm pissed off. <laughs> oh, what is it? It's, it's all breakdown in communication. Yeah. And so sometimes that ability, to, like I said, that ability to be mindful is just by saying, this is kind of actually where I am at. What's going, like, where are you at? Like, do, what can I do then? Because I'm not stressed. Like, but are you feeling like I'm not giving you the, the time that you need? And that's great. It's a, and it's a really positive communication. And, and that fosters really strong relationships as well. You know what I mean? So I think one thing, you know, to go back to Corona where we were at before is, is just being able to be mindful in that situation of saying, where am I at? I may not feel stressed, as we said before, but maybe other people feel like X, Y, and Z. And the biggest thing I always do is I find, so, you know, one little example is me with my son. Like, you know, he's pretty switched on. So I might be on, you know, like I'll give you an example a couple of nights ago. I was, you know, really on with my work and I had some great ideas and I kept writing it, but he wants to play basketball with me. So I went in, I was playing basketball with him, but I'd have a couple of shots, get back on my phone, write some ideas down, send out some emails, a couple of messages here and there. And he was getting really annoyed with me and he was acting out and doing things that a three-year-old would do. And I found that I was like, you know, I was telling him off and I'm like, well, hold on a second. Like I'm, I'm not stressed out or anything like that. I'm actually in a great headspace, but what I'm doing is I'm thinking that he's interrupting my flow, but he's not, he wants my time. Now at three years old, you know, he actually turned around and he said, dad, don't play with your phone. And at that point I went, oh shit, like, yeah, I'm not giving him the attention he needs right now. I'm not stressed out. And the way I'm acting is coming out in a way, you know, like I'm saying, say, don't do that. Like, don't jump on the bed or don't do this. Come on, mate, don't kick the ball, which are normal things that I would say to him anyway. But why is he doing it in this environment? Because he wants my attention. Yeah. So what we've got to look at is just that ability to kind of be mindful and again, accountable of where I'm at. And that's that thing of me going, well, you know what? He wants to play with me. So I'm going to give him hundred percent of that. And, you know, and I'm trying to be as conscious as I can of that. But sometimes, yeah, you do. You get caught up and you're so excited. And, and I think that's that thing of just being able to be mindful and say, yeah, you know what? I'm not upset. I'm not stressed. I'm actually in a really great headspace. But I think I need to harness that energy. I need to give a bit of that to you now. Any type of energy, positive or negative, uses up, you know, calories and energy and things like that and emotional, you know, um, credit cards, so to speak. So wherever you're spending it, sometimes you then lack, you know, you don't spend it as well somewhere else. And so I think being mindful of that is really important. But not just that, you're, you're juggling between trying to work, trying to play with your son, and they're both getting, you know, a part of you as opposed to going, all right, the next half an hour is all for you. And you just focus on him. And then the next half an hour is all for, you know, your work and all your great ideas. And, and it'll just flow and it'll just, it'll, it'll make a lot more sense. It'll be a lot more productive as opposed to juggling and trying to write notes on your phone while taking a shot. And then. No, I get exactly what you mean. And that comes down to the whole thing of multitasking. And for everyone out there that says I'm a great multitasker, sorry to tell you, you're full of shit. It doesn't work. It doesn't work as good as what you want it to do because you know, there's plenty of studies that have gone around now and they're saying how bad it is to actually try to multitask. Um, and the best example is people that, you know, text and drive. I mean, maybe today you can do it, maybe tomorrow, but at some point it's not going to work for you. And, and that's the thing because what we're looking at is the more you try to multitask, the more you miss out on key bits of information. So, you know, and, and I always tell people the one problem a lot of people have when it comes to stopping, as you were just saying, is that they don't know how to articulate it. 
And it's something as simple as, you know, if your wife comes in the house and, you know, like, you know, you're on the phone or whatever it might be and, and being able to say, you know, they come in and they're very excited about something and you're on your phone doing it and you're like, yep, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. Then you wonder why your wife gets annoyed with you and you're like, well, what's wrong with you? Like I was listening. You weren't, you were giving your attention. So just, it's something as simple as being able to say, hey babe, I know you're excited, give me two seconds. I just need to quickly send this message or give me five minutes, I'm waiting for a phone call. When you do that, that person doesn't feel shut down. That person feels valued. And then what you're actually doing is you're giving that back. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we're kind of obviously digressing a bit from where we wanted to go with what we're saying, but I think it kind of leads into obviously the next part that we're going to talk about, which is, you know, relationships and things like that. And, and I think what we're trying to focus on here is how to actually be mindful and how to practice that mindfulness and do it in a way that supports you, but also supports those around you. What an absolute amazing segue you did. <laughs> you just went straight into it. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think, um, so I know from what's going on, me and, me and my wife have gotten probably closer because we do communicate and we're very open with each other. Um, but I could imagine it would be hard for some people out there. And I'm not just talking about relationships. I'm even talking about work. I mean, how many times do you get an email and you take it the wrong way because you can't actually see the person's face? So that's now the norm. Because unless you're having a Zoom meeting and you're seeing them, an email or yeah. a text message is just can be blown way out of proportion. I know I myself have been caught out a couple of times with things like that, but um, yeah. yeah, it'd be incredibly difficult. You know, a lot of that stuff, like just really quickly, it's funny because I did have a chat with one of my clients say about this is when it comes to certain conversations, I always say there's different, um, you know, degrees of importance. And so, you kind of break it down into how do we communicate? So we go, we got face-to-face, you got your phone call, and then you got your text, email type thing. I always say, depending on the importance of something, if it's extremely important, like you really need to give someone a lot of information and you need to speak to someone in a very emotional way, face-to-face is the way to go. You're not going to do that in text because we can't pick up on emotions. We can't pick up on things like that. If it's something as simple as, hey, man, you forgot your, you know, your jacket at work, then it's kind of like, yeah, you could do that via text. You don't need to call someone for a meeting and book it in and then say that to them. So what that comes down to is just understanding importance and then how to actually give that message. You know what I mean? But I think that would be um, but there are now because I mean, given everyone's at home, it'd be incredibly difficult to not send an email. It's just becoming the norm. I'll get emails, simple emails, but the way that someone has worded them, they speak a little bit more aggressively, but when you see them in person, they have a bit of a, a smile to them or you can have a joke around. Of course. So, I think it's yeah. well. You're not picking up tone and context really when it comes to an email. So I think even with that, the beauty is that I always say to people, you're not, you know, let's just say we're in complete lockdown. You're not going anywhere. So get on Zoom. It's what took you, you know, five minutes to type an email would have taken you ten minutes or less to do it in a um, in a Zoom meeting, you know. And not only that, you actually gain how much more time because there's no more back and forth. You're well, able to ask questions really quickly let's not forget that in this day and age where everyone needs to protect themselves, you still have to put it in writing, particularly, uh, well, I suppose it depends on your kind of job, but I know with me, I deal with a lot of numbers and orders and things like that. So you always need to get it back in writing, whether it's with uh, someone in the office or an overseas supplier. So you're kind of doubling up your workload if you're doing the zoom meeting and the email. Well, I think, yeah, but I think it comes down to like, I always say to people is yes, you're doubling up, but how much more are you actually doubling up in terms of, like if I'm sitting there having a you know Zoom meeting on my iPad and my laptop's right here, if I'm sitting there and I'm having, I'm like, cool, I'm going to send you an email right now. It comes down to your ability to actually productively work as well. So I always say to people, well, if you know that with someone else that you kind of, when it comes to the emails, there's always a bit of a, oh, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? Well, then one thing is then have the conversation first, then put it in writing. You know, you, yeah, maybe you lose an extra five minutes, but isn't that better than spending an hour going back and forwards in emails and that person being pissed off and then you go, what's their problem? I only said it like this. And then all of a sudden the emotional dialogue starts to flare up. That's a great you know point. really, yeah. So I think that's what it comes down to is at the end of the day, a five minute loss, and again, I'm doing the whole bunny ears thing. A five minute <laughs> loss is much better than a one hour of emotional anguish because you're sitting there having to go back and forth and have a conversation in your own head have the conversation with the person yeah man maybe you lose five minutes maybe you lose 10 who really gives a shit when at the end of the day you've gained an hour and a half because like you're right some things have to be put in words i mean yeah like i need to be able to write x y and z in words in order for it to be actioned correctly and that we are on a clear understanding but how do you create a clear understanding if you can't see the person well then do it in zoom you know like i said most people have a phone 
Most people have an iPad and most people have a laptop. And if you don't have an iPad, you definitely have a phone. You definitely have your, you know, your computer. So at the end of the day, get it on your phone, get your Zoom up and type the email. All right, cool. So are you happy for me to write that? Yes, you are. Fantastic. So I'm actually, you know, proverbially killing two birds with one stone. But then now we're, it's a lot more clear for both parties. And we're both in a really good headspace. Therefore, productivity is up. Performance has increased. And we all feel better. Yep, that sounds great. That's a, that's actually a couple of really good points there. So I know even with me, when I'm at work, sometimes I'll get the email and it's a group email, you CC'd, and then I'll get a separate WhatsApp message just saying, hey, sorry, I didn't mean that towards you. I just had to group you in, da 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 da, da. So yeah. again, it all comes down to open communication. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, like, I mean, even, you know, when it comes down to the teachers, sometimes the teacher, you have to speak to a whole class about when it comes down to, you know, like, let's just say a value of what you want to establish within a classroom or, you know, it's as a leader, you want to establish a value of what you want to achieve in a workplace. That does not necessarily mean that that's everyone involved. And, you know, if you do it in a way that is articulate and actually gets the message across while supporting people, then what you're going to see is a better productivity anyway. So, you know, and I mean, like I said, that's, again, we're kind of digressing into the whole, how do we increase, you know, business management, leadership skills and things like that. But, you know, if we talk about relationships, again, it just comes down to the way you're actually articulating your points and, and how you're doing that. Yeah, that sounds good. I think that's a, that's a good takeaway for people. Communication and being as articulate as possible. And maybe it's a matter of writing it down before you go into the communication, just so it's all out on paper and out of your head. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, the thing is, well, like, that's obviously the workplace type of communication. But, you know, we think about at the moment with all this COVID stuff, I mean, people are struggling with many forms of relationships, whether it's with their kids, whether it's with um, their partners, whether it's with, like you said, workplace, um, their parents, you know, like, because I know there's been a lot of that going around. So the, the biggest thing is checking in on yourself emotionally first is really important. And once you understand emotionally where you're at, it becomes a lot easier to talk about that. You know, I think the biggest problem is that any type of, you know, relationship where they start to struggle is that we, we tend to argue from an emotional standpoint rather than accept where we're at emotionally and then talk about that. Um, and, and in any relationship, the two most important things are trust and safety. You need to feel like you can trust the person. You need to feel safe within the environment. If you don't have those two things, you kind of fall apart. But you also have to be accountable for where you're at. Um, and I think one thing that's really, really important is being able to actually do that in a way where you are essentially saying to someone, hey, you know what? This is kind of where I'm at and this is why I'm struggling. And you know, this is kind of what I want to achieve. And once you do that, people then start and have more empathy as well with you. They don't want to attack, they want to help you because they know where you're at. And you know, and it's really, really important. I mean, there's a um, one of my favorite authors, his name is Steve Peters, pretty early it is. Um, he's author of a book called The Mind Management. So it's called The Chimp Paradox. And it's an amazing book and I'd recommend anyone reading it. It's probably the single greatest self-help book ever. Um, it is fantastic and it's so applicable to so many different things. But in that he talks about, you know, that we have a chimp that takes control of us, you know, when we're in an emotional state and therefore doesn't act in a way that we're comfortable with. And, you know, it just kind of protects us rather than rationalizes. And so when you actually break that down, when you can emotionally check in on yourself before, you know, and explain that to someone else, you create a better empathy within the environment. And I think that's one thing that's important for all relationships is, Go into a conversation and wanting to have empathy for the other person as well. You know, whether it's your husband, whether it's your wife, whether it's your kids, everyone is going through stuff and we're all struggling. When you can, and sometimes the hard thing is that we have to put ourselves second in order to get a result. But you'll find that if you get the result that, you know, which is a better relationship or whatever, you feel better anyway after it. So I think one really important piece of advice is have, a, have an empathy of where the other person might be at and try to cater for that whilst also expressing where you're at. And it, it's very difficult because it takes a lot of work. And sometimes the first time you do it, it doesn't work. You know, that person bites back and you're like, well, fuck, I tried to tell you how I felt and you're just attacking me now. And then we go back into that. But sometimes being able to go, you know what, maybe I'll wear this on the chin because emotionally you're struggling more than me. So maybe I'll just be the person that supports you. Eventually it comes back around. You know what I mean? It's, you, you might have to put more rocks on, you know, you might have to take on more rocks on your side of that scale but you can actually eventually that person takes the rocks off you and they lift you up. So having empathy is such a powerful tool when it comes to a communication in relationships. And I think in this day and age with what's going on, we're not doing it as effectively as what we probably could do it, but it's because we're also struggling with our own emotions. And, you know, and I think again, it comes back to what we said before is just checking in on yourself. You know what I mean? And checking in on emotionally where you're at and then 
once you can do that, you can better support others as well. I think that's, that's a lot of information for people to take away and a lot of helpful information. It's really going to help or hopefully really helps a lot of people in their current situations, whether it be relationship or stress management or even just motivation. Those the three pillars that we covered. I think that's all we've got time for age. It definitely is today. And I think the last thing I kind of guess, you know, we want to give obviously to our listeners, Dan, is being able to tell people, you know, today was a very information heavy, you know, podcast. And, and hopefully we were able to cover, you know, quite a bit of ground for people to, you know, give them a bit of insight into ways to change some certain things and stuff. But, you know, this is probably another podcast that you just listen to once, but, you know, take the opportunity to just, you know, pinpoint little bits that work for you, write some things down. And, and you know, I think the biggest action I would love, you know, and I'm sure you do as well, for people to take away is, you know, be forgiving of yourself within this environment, you know, show a bit of love to yourself um, and let people, you know, and, and find people to speak to, you know what I mean? Whether it's people in your life. I mean, there's great people out there like Headspace Beyond Blue as well. If you're really, really struggling, obviously, you know, um, we definitely push that is, you know, get the professional help you need. No one is um, too weak. You know, you're actually stronger for doing that. So if you need that and you feel you need that, you know, definitely go for it. You know, the other side of things is, reach out, talk to the people that you love. And if you know there's people in your life that are struggling, reach out to them. You know, the beauty about now we've got these, you know, things that are being lifted is you can reach out to someone and go for a bit of a, you know, have a coffee with them and sit down with them. So I think it's really important. The takeaway is take some time to look at, you know, the podcast and something you might want to use um, and how you can use that. Get help if you need the help, but also reach out to those around you and, you know, and really check in on them as well. That's some great advice. And guys, don't, um, if you need to, listen to the podcast again and maybe again and um, share yeah, it. Yeah, and maybe guys. seven more times. <laughs> <laughs> and share it with someone that you think is struggling but may not even know it. No, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Because, we, you know, this isn't just a matter of waiting around for a special day. You know, are you okay day is a fantastic day. But every day is, you know, it's more than just a question. And that's, you know, um, one of, that was one of the fundraisers I actually did where, you know, we did that. And, and it is, it's more than a question. It's being able to check in on people daily or weekly or whatever. And yeah, like you said, Dan, you know, re, go back over the podcast, find the bits that work for you and, you know, and go kick some ass today. Sounds great. And guys, just to finish lightly, don't, or don't come out of COVID without an extra little something to help you in your day-to-day life, whether it's be like Adrian and I started this podcast, but whether it's, you know, taking on a little bit more exercise, learning a language or a skill, just do something for you during this downtime because you're never going to get it again. Definitely. And they're those small wins that we spoke about at the start, Dan, really, you know, they're really, really important. So yeah, see what love I did. yourself, I looked it back. love those around you. I know, it was really, really good. I love that. That was fantastic. Full circle, that's the best. We just need more fussa around and stuff like that. That's just all right. <laughs> but no, that's, you're 100% right, man. Well said, well said. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening and I hope you tune in to next week. Um, Adrian, do you have any little takeaways that you'd like someone or like them to, to look at in the next week? No, I think there's been enough, you know, for the info, you know, from today's session. I think, like I said, the biggest takeaway is find that love in yourself, find the little things you can achieve throughout the day and, you know, and support those around you. I think that's the most important thing from today's podcast as well. Awesome. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks guys. Have a great day. Bye.